Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 181 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am thrilled that you're here with me today as I talk to Jenny McFarland, whose book just came out. It is called The House of Deep Water. I have just started it. It is beautiful and engrossing and engaging and kind of everything that I want to read right now. Uh, So I'm very excited that you'll get to hear her talking about that process, talking about how she writes by hand, especially in these difficult times for concentration. So I know you will enjoy the interview. In a very quick personal update, everything is going great around here, which feels honestly very strange to say. Uh, I am doing just fine under the stay-at-home order. We are, it's May 8th as I record this. Um, In California here, we're under stay-at-home orders until at least the 31st. And I don't mind. I really don't mind. I miss a few things. I miss hugging my sisters and my best friends. I miss my recovery meetings and all the hugs that I get there. I miss swimming. And I think that's it. Otherwise, it's freaking fabulous. I love that everything has been canceled. I don't have to travel. Um, even New Zealand got canceled, which wasn't coming until August, but I don't mind. I, you know, New Zealand will be next year. They want me back next year. So that'll be great. Uh, there's this level of giddy relief at not having to go out and do things and driving exponentially less. Um, I have started to listen to podcasts in the garden. So I'm actually catching up on podcasts, which was great because I wasn't listening to podcasts at all while I wasn't driving for a while. Speaking of the garden, I have been in there. We have a big backyard and it has, well, I mean, big by Oakland urban uh, concepts, but um, it goes down kind of gradual slope and then a steep slope down to the creek. This, uh, this urban creek that's behind our house. And it's actually, you have to go through two gates to get to it. So it's kind of the secret creek that we never get to see. The secret bottom part of our yard is covered in ivy and very deep and dense. And we never get down in there. I don't even know if we can open the gate right now. That'll be a project for another day. Um, But the yard has been full, uh, literally no exaggeration of weeds up to shoulder height. And every year I get to this point and every year Every year for memory, I lose my mind, call somebody on Craigslist, have somebody come get rid of everything. And then we've got a, you know, semi-decent yard to plant things in for the rest of the, uh, you know, spring, summer and fall. This year I didn't. I, we're trying to save money, all of that. And I've got, I don't really have more time. Um, but this week, this week I've had more time because my book has been off my plate as it went to my editor. So I've spent like the last week out in the garden most of the weeds are gone. I would say probably 75% of the weeds are gone. It looks great. And I'm building something that I've wanted for years and years and years. I'm building a, uh, it's called a cutting garden. It's a flower garden. 
that will just be full of riotous flowers in any which way I, th- I broadcast sow the seeds. Um, and it's called a cutting garden because it's for cutting. It's for cutting the flowers and filling your house with flowers that you grew. I don't know if it's going to work, uh, but I am getting a cubic yard of soil and compost dumped in my driveway at any moment, which then I will have to wheelbarrow back to the place that I kind of built. Um, it's going to be Probably it's going to be slightly risen, maybe like six inches um, of deep dirt above our ground. And I'm going to do that. I'm putting in automatic watering system with soaker hoses. And I'm also planting vegetables and all the things I normally do. And then, you know, sometimes fail to follow through with. But I'm really having fun with that and with moving my body and... I had forgotten what it feels like to move my body. I've been working on this book for months and it hasn't been great weather until recently. And it's just been so beautiful to be outside and aching and, you know, pulling muscles. And um, I've got cuts all over my body from walking around. The, we have two, we have three citrus trees, all of which have thorns and, and, you know, pruning those. Oh, it's just been so good and yummy and wonderful. So I've been having a great time. It's also exercise, which boosts my mood. Who knew? Never heard that before. So that's been great. I haven't been doing any writing, except I wrote a Patreon essay last week about how to pack lightly, which hopefully someday we'll get to do again. I am borderline obsessed right now with uh, eventually taking a trip with no luggage, just a purse and like an extra t-shirt and a couple pair of chonies and go wash your clothes every night when you go to bed. Mm. When I can't sleep, I start thinking about that. I don't know. I'm I'm a weirdo who's obsessed with that. Uh, I should get my revision letter for Hush Little Baby on Monday from my editor. So I have the weekend to continue to do no writing. I have been kind of messing with some essays, but very lightly. And then on Monday, hopefully, I'll get my revision letter. My brain will explode with the trauma of it. And what she says I need to fix. By now, it's been out of my hands for a week and a half, two weeks. And by now, I'm convinced there's nothing of worth in it at all. So if she says she likes anything, bonus. And I can revise anything into anything else. So that'll be fun. But right now, I'm enjoying not having that on my plate. Uh, What I do have on my plate is that the 90 days classes, the new three-month batch of classes started this week. And it's amazing and wonderful. And Tuesdays, which is when the classes are, I am just so happy. And somebody in a couple people in one of the classes said, I love coming to this because I forget everything else. I forget the world and I am immersed in talking about writing. And Tuesdays feel like that to me. I just have this blast of energy, you know, giving and taking inside these classes. And it's really beautiful. And I've mentioned it before, but my super superpower is gathering amazing people who lift each other up. I don't know why it always happens to me. But honestly, I was talking about it with my wife one night at dinner. And I was like, gosh, I shouldn't say this out loud. I'll get a terrible student who just wants to bring the rest of the class down and be insulting and demeaning. And then I thought, wow, no, this is not for Stanford. This is not for Berkeley. This is for me. This is what I teach. I would cheerfully refund that person to get them out of my class. Boom, gone. I don't have to worry about that because that never happens. And again, with this group of people, it is amazing. But it's just been a very positive, very exciting week of um, real balance, I guess. 
because I haven't been writing that much. (laughs) Oh boy, we'll get back into writing next week. So in any case, I hope that you are finding some joy, finding some way to move your body, finding some way to love your writing. And I hope that you come tell me about it. And right now, let's get into the interview with Jenny McFarland. I know you're going to enjoy it. And we will talk soon, my friends. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show Jenny McFarland. Hi, Jenny. Hi, it's great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Your first book, when this airs next week, will be out in the world. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Okay, let me give you a little bit of an introduction first. Uh, Jenny McFarland holds an MFA in fiction from the University of Houston, where she was a fiction editor at Gulf Coast Magazine. She's an alum of Tin House, a 2016 Cambilio Fellow, and she has had short fiction published in Crack the Spine, Forge, and Spry, which nominated her for the Story South Million Writers Award. She was also a finalist for the 2015 Gertrude Stein Writers Award in fiction from the uh, Dr. T.J. Eckelberg Review. She has lived in Michigan and the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and two cats. The House of Deep Water, which will be out by the time y'all hear this, is her first book, and it just looks gorgeous. It's already in my pre-order. Um, I We were trying to get me a, a copy before we chatted, but because of COVID, couldn't quite get me one. So oh. yeah, you know, things just aren't being mailed as much, but um, I'm... Yeah. So now where are you living now? I moved back to Michigan oh. uh, in October. So, uh, and then we bought a house in January just in time to go into lockdown. Oh, um, just oh good. <laughs> we were in a tiny apartment before with like boxes stacked everywhere. So I'm so glad we're like able That's to spread out. Wonderful. And your book yeah. is set in Michigan too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I live in Oakland, so I don't know where you were in the Bay Area, but that's where I've been for a lot of years. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk to you about writing. Congratulations, first of all, on thank you. This year, first book. How are you? How are you feeling, honestly? Um, I'd love to hear that from new writers, new new so, book, books out in the world writers. Honestly, like today I'm feeling great and I'm excited, but I've been terribly depressed lately. Um, and so I haven't really like people are like, are you excited? And I'm like, yeah, but I haven't really been feeling it, um, especially since my book tour was canceled. Oh, um, oh. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm feeling good today. I'm excited. <laughs> good. It's a very, very strange time to be doing anything in the world, including launching a book. Um, yes. But some of my friends yesterday, we were on a you know typical Zoom writer meeting chatting about this day of the world. And we were all like, this is probably a good time for debut authors. There are people who are really looking for amusement and entertainment and books right now. I know I am. So... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Everything crossed. Well, let's talk about your writing process, uh, since this is a show about that. Can you tell us about your process, though, the when and the where and the how and um, taking uh, keeping in consideration, of course, you've just moved into a brand new house, etc. 
Yeah, so I'm still kind of getting my office in line. Um, it's, I don't know, I feel like I need to be surrounded by color and like pretty things when I'm writing and I haven't had a chance to paint in here or hang drapes or anything like that yet. Mm. Um, so it's like I I'd usually paint um, in my living room. I'm sorry, not paint. I usually write in my living room mm. these days. Um, but hopefully I will I will get my space in order one of these days. Well, it looks pretty with the lamp and the books behind you. So um, what is that I hear in the background? Is it a bird outside or a tiny oh, yeah, kitten? I have, I, have I think it's a blue jay that they're kind of loud. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I bird feeders outside. <laughs> I'm going to put a bird feeder up inside of my, in front of my office pretty soon. I think I want to just be able to watch them. Um, so are you a morning writer, afternoon, evening? Uh, afternoon or evening. Uh, oftentimes, like lately, it's been at like 11 o'clock midnight. Um, I am not a morning person. I try to sleep through as much of the morning as possible. Um, so yeah, and, and when I do get up, I don't get a lot done before noon. That is that is less of a common answer. And I always like hearing it. Um, so do you write into the wee hours when nobody else is awake? Or? Yes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when I'm when I'm having a good writing day, I will write from like 11 until two um, and then kind of wander to bed. Uh, that sounds so fun. I yeah, I like go to bed at nine. You know, it's, oh. it's, so, it's such a different thing. And I just think that people who write into the wee small hours are so romantic somehow. Like the other day, two days ago, I got up at three and I just couldn't sleep. And then I started writing and one of my best girlfriends and I crossed paths because she, she usually stays up till two or three to write. So we kind of saw each other on Twitter as we were no. <laughs> passing ships in the night. I will say when I was in high school, I used to write in secret, um, you know, in the middle of the night because I was a horrible insomniac and I didn't want my mom to know. And so I would write by candlelight in the middle of the night talking about romantic. See, that is the rom <laughs> most romantic vision. And, it, and I actually remember being a kid and I want to say some famous heroine in a book, maybe it was Harriet the Spy or something, would write underneath the covers with a flashlight and I would take like notebooks underneath the covers with a flashlight and then I would just feel as stupid as I do some days like right now when I write like oh this is terrible and then I would go to sleep but yeah <laughs> I love that vision so what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing um making myself sit still for you know a good chunk of time or making myself stay focused I haven't had a lot of focus these days um but I started um in writing this book, I started writing by hand just because otherwise I would, I would, you know, pause, you know, and think for a while and then wander away to Twitter or whatever if I'm on my computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, writing by hand is a little, it's a little bit easier to stay focused, a little better. What is it like when you, because I've never written anything long, longhand. What is it like when you bring it in? Um, do you end up doing revisions on the way into the computer or... Yeah, oftentimes I do. Um, so I don't know, I give myself permission to just write whatever, and it can be as crummy or worded as poorly as I want when I'm writing by hand, and then I'll fix it, you know, the first time that I type it up, um, or add or, yeah. Was most of the book written that way? Um, I would say, so I, when I started doing that, I had like a, a you know, not a full draft, but a fairly full first draft. Um, so like the second draft and subsequent drafts were written that way. Wow. So you actually leave the document and go out of it to write another to write the next draft. 
Um, yes. Uh, yes. Cause I, I don't know, like I, I find that I'm kind of anxious that like, what if I edit something that I want later? So yeah. if I just use like a totally new draft, then I, I, I never go back to the old ones, but I just feel more comfortable because they're there. I absolutely agree with that. I actually went back into a draft yesterday to pull out one paragraph, which I think I've never done before, but, um, I did have it <laughs> safely saved as like yesterday's word document or something. Yeah. Um, are you a plotter or a pantser when it comes to writing? Um, I'm more of a pantser. Um, I, I'm trying, I'm starting my second novel right now and I'm trying to find, like, I started with an outline and an idea of like where the plot was going to go and it's not working for me. I think, um, I don't know. I think I, I'm way more interested in the characters than the plot and like the, the plot just kind of comes from the characters and like what they would do in a situation. Um, so I, I definitely start with character sketches, but not with a plot so much. I love that. Uh, what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Um, uh, ooh, uh, I love to take a character who might resemble somebody I know, <laughs> uh, who I just don't understand and like, just sit, sit down and spend some time with them and try to figure out, but figure them out, like figure out what makes them tick or like why they do the things they do. How much do they end up changing on the page. And I only ask that because sometimes I'll bar borrow someone I know. And then I write about them for so long that it turns into a completely different person. And I almost forget that I based them on someone. Do you do that? Or do they kind of stay true? No, they they tend to take on their own life, which is good, because I feel like then I'm less likely to have people come back later and be like, why did you write that about me? Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is going to happen anyway. And it's usually about the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Oh, uh, craft tip. That's very open. I <laughs> don't even know where to start. <laughs> very open-ended. Oh, I hope that the publicist would have sent these to you, but, but it is okay. Uh, let's, I can help you drill it down. Um, what help, what is it, what is something you do on a, on a regular basis with maybe character that helps you build them since you sound like a character driven person? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do like to start out just, I, I've tried the thing where you, where you write, like you write down what their birthday is and what their favorite color is and their favorite food. And I don't find that as helpful as like starting with, um, just describing them physically. And then from there, think about, <laughs> I always think about like what their insecurities would be based on the way they look. Uh, cause we all have those. Oh, and what a then, great idea the way that they try to kind of um, navigate the world with those with, you know, whatever their issues are. That just sounds so simple. And I have never thought of doing that. Like I know oh, how I navigate through the world with my big belly, like, and I know how I stand in order to try to put that away. And I never thought about, you know, giving characters that kind of thing that they're either showing or hiding. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I'm sorry to have put you on the spot with a question you didn't see coming there. Um, I apologize. Um, this might, this might also take you aback, but, um, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Um, I would say 
My husband's going to hate this answer, but I would say <laughs> him and his moods. So when he's in a bad mood, I'm I'm getting better at like kind of shutting his emotions out. But, um, you know, after 11 years of marriage, but uh, I'm still not great at it. So oftentimes like just other and it's not just him, it's, it's other people in general, like other people's moods um, when they're around me. I tend to take on um, their feelings a little bit. I feel I have this theory that writers are severe empaths as a general rule. Um, so I think that a lot of us struggle with that. Luckily, luckily, my wife is very, very like mood normalized. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's nice. But if she weren't, I can imagine that that would wreak havoc, especially especially in the times of COVID-19 when we are all in the houses with our significant others. You know what, though? He kind of loves working from home. Like, I think he's happier um, without a commute. So he's been in a yeah. fairly good mood lately. <laughs> Everyone's happier without a commute, aren't they? Like, yeah. I, it's the best. Um, good answer. Uh, what is the best book that you read recently? Um, I recently finished Tyari Jones's An American Marriage. I and it was It looks amazing. so good. Is it? Yeah. What did you love yeah. about it? Um, so I guess I might be a misanthrope in this way, but I love watching, um, people's relationships deteriorate. Yes. So just seeing like the, the, so, uh, you know, a little teaser for, for people. Um, the book is about a man who's a black man who's wrongfully incarcerated and, um, just watching his marriage fall apart was heartbreaking, but also just, I couldn't stop reading it. I run toward those kind of things and um, the wife I spoke of, she's just like, I don't understand why you're such a terrible person. And I'm like, I'm not. I just I love to, the more uncomfortable and difficult it is, the more I lean in. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I feel like if it's, if it's a happy book, I'm not terribly interested. Like, um, and I taught when I was in grad school and my students were, I told them at the beginning of the semester, I was like, we're not going to read any happy books, just so you know. And halfway through the semester, they're like, are we ever going to read a happy book? And nope. I was like, were you listening the first nope. day? <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I actually gain, gain happiness by reading those and by watching difficult television. I, that I gain yeah. joy. Yeah, me too. So I like that. Um, Okay, so now I would like you to tell us about your book, a little bit of what it's about, where it can be found, all of that. Sure. Um, So my book is, um, briefly, it's about a woman. um, She's half black, half white. She's about 40. Um, She moves back to the small Michigan farm village where she grew up amid financial troubles. And she gets there and she moves back in with her father. She gets there and she finds that he has a live-in girlfriend um, who is a girl that she babysat in high school. (laughs) (laughs) And this is right as their neighbor has been arrested for just horrific crimes and she was one of the victims as a child so it's a lot about homecoming and um, reconciling your past and yeah and doesn't mom come back too isn't there um the girlfriend the living girlfriend's mom so the The living girlfriend's girlfriend's mom okay also and then her mom moves back yeah so it's these three women coming back to town sounds like it is entirely my jam i cannot wait to read it it is called (laughs) the house of deep water 
And that'll be out by the time you all hear this. It'll be on all the platforms and all the bookstores. Um, and I would like to encourage people to buy it and go get a curbside pickup from your favorite bookstore. I'm in a point where I'm not buying anything from Amazon right now. Nothing for my Kindle. Getting yeah. the Because we have to support our independent bookstores right now as much as possible. Yeah. So people, call your independent bookstore. They will love you. They will kiss you from six feet away and leave your package on the curb. So the House of Deep Water. Thank you so much, Jenny. This was fantastic. I wish, I hope all the best for you and that the book just flies from the virtual shelves. That would be amazing. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.